Warning, the following podcast, which contains strong language and mature content, is unsuitable for children or for the faint of heart. The subject matter discussed will be frightening and graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. When you want to hear about the paranormal, you get the spooked girls. True crime that makes you hypothermal with the three spooked girls. Stabby snippets will give you dreams. Tara and Jessica will make you. Along with the spooked girls Bring on the slaughter We on that haunted ground The three spooked girls Hey there, spooksters, and welcome back to another episode of Three Spooked Girls. My name is Jessica, and I am joined by my favorite person in the, on the, not in the planet. You're not in the planet. (laughs) You are on the planet. We're on it. <laughs> We're not in it. <laughs> We're in the universe, not in the planet. Okay. You guys know what I'm trying to say. I'm joined by my favorite gal, Paltera. <laughs> Hi, spooksters. <laughs> Hopefully, this is not a indication of Jessica's brain being off today, but we're just going to have a good time. and It'll be fine. It's been a minute since we've done a haunted place. I know. I'm so excited. Thank you. It's back. Yay. I need it right now. (laughs) Can I tell you something really funny? Hmm. I want everyone to hear this, but especially like candid chit chat. Mm. When you sent me the hotel, you're like, let's do this. I thought you meant you wanted to plan a vacation. (laughs) I mean, yes, too, but that's not what I meant. (laughs) I was like, I'm so down. And I was like, I looked back at our text and I was like, I was... The energy I was giving in a response was like way too much for what we did <laughs> for just picking an episode. But yeah, I didn't notice a difference. It's fine. <laughs> but before we get into our haunted hotel, if you want to hang out with us on the socials, you can do so by using the handle at three spooked girls on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. If you want to hang out with us and our community of spooksters, head over to Facebook. We have a Facebook group. It's Three Spooked Girls Official. I think it's amazing. I get really excited to see what you guys put in there, but also the discussion posts. Also, I mean, the holiday season is coming up and our wonderful admins and mods are coming up with something fun for for the group. And that's where it will be taking place because that's where we we do that. Yes. And just be able to share with like-minded individuals. So Three Spooked Mm -hmm. Girls Official, and if you want to help support the show, you can do so by heading over to patreon.com backslash three spooked girls. We just revamped our Patreon. Go yeah. check it out. So you don't have to go through it, but it's not the revamp isn't live till the first of December. Right. But yeah, basically go over there, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> so we just revamped Patreon. It's taking effect December 1st. So if you want to check out what's happening over there, patreon.com backslash three sweet girls, or as conveniently put in each show notes, there is a link tree that will take you to everywhere. We have a website. Yeah. We don't do anything (laughs) with it. We have a website. (laughs) We should, but we don't. (laughs) That's a 2023 project. 
for you. <laughs> I knew that. Oh, my God, I love it. <laughs> yes, yes. Speaking of projects that we have, we have our Spookster shop. If you want to do a blind date with a book, we have that on there. We also, Tara does, Tara does tarot readings. We all, She mm-hmm. also has her little witchy shop, which is super cute and super cool. And you should definitely go and take a look at it. I'm a fan. You should be a fan. If you want to avoid boring, basic, and bland gifts this year, Uncommon Goods is your secret weapon. Uncommon Goods is here to make your holiday shopping stress-free by scouring the globe for the most remarkable and truly unique gifts for everyone on your list. Whether you're shopping for your secret Santa or your entire family, Uncommon Goods knows exactly what they want. Here are a few gifts that I found on their site. They have some really cute, unique things. Like you can get a custom snowflake ornament made that has your name as kind of the makeup of it, which I think is really cool. Even like cards on like how to speak dog, or if you're into like making gourmet cocktails, you can get a smoker. There's just so many fun things on there that you can get customized or make personal, even like a create your own hot sauce kit. When you shop at Uncommon Goods, you're supporting artists and small independent businesses. These fine products often are made in small batches, so shop now before they sell out this holiday season. Uncommon Goods looks for products that are high quality, unique, and often handmade or made in the U.S. They have the most meaningful, out-of-the-ordinary gifts. From art and jewelry to kitchen, home, and bar, Uncommon Goods has something for everyone. Not the same lackluster gifts you can find just anywhere. And with every purchase you make at Uncommon Goods, they give back $1 to a nonprofit partner of your choice. They've donated more than $2.5 million to date. To get 15% off your next gift, go to uncommongoods.com slash spookedgirls. That's uncommongoods.com slash spookedgirls for 15% off. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Uncommon Goods, we're out of the ordinary. In real time, like as you're listening to this, Tara and I will have spent the weekend together. Yes. I and will. she will be leaving me and I will be remorse. I, I will have crying. just gotten home when this is published. <laughs> it's Monday. Yeah, but like you'll be flying home. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, well, I mean, I'm just saying the day, like Monday, yeah. I, I, I go home and land. True. Yes. <laughs> you depart from me on this day. Very so early. in real time, yes. this is this is me being really sad and mad that you're gone, but also <laughs> very happy that I got to spend the weekend with yes. my bestie. And so mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll do something probably on Patreon to recap our episode or our weekend. I don't know. We'll figure probably. it out. Probably something. So yeah. So with that, we're going to get right into our episode. And since this is a haunted location, you know how this works. I do the history. Tara does the haunts because mm-hmm. that's just how our friendship works. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Unless it's one Jessica's really passionate about the ghost, then she's like, no, I want to. And it's like, it always throws me off. I'm like, oh, OK. <laughs> like a surprise. It's, al- <laughs> it's always because it's like some sort of weird ass ghost that's there. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I yeah. need to talk about this particular person. We used to like flip flop back and forth. And then we were like, let's stick to our strengths. Insert Jessica winking at Tara on the camera. You guys can't see. So today (laughs) we are going to talk about an Austin landmark. We're going to be talking about the Driscoll Hotel, which is located at 604. I believe it's Pars Barzos. Brazos? Brazos. If I'm saying this wrong, Austonians, Austinites, people from Austin. People of Austin. (laughs) 
<laughs> People of Austin. I apologize. <laughs> yeah, please don't get mad. <laughs> I want to visit. <laughs> we would like to go to this hotel. So like also anyone who knows them and want us to come. Wink, wink. <laughs> Tara's like looking at me like, God, this is going to be that episode. Jessica's gonna... <laughs> it's fine. It's, on... it's fine, guys. Okay. So it was imagined and built slash created by Colonel Jesse Driscoll, which, you know, I got to love a Jesse. He was mm-hmm. a cattle rancher mm-hmm. or also known as a cattle baron. Fancy. So he ended up moving to Texas from Missouri in 1849. So we're going back, back. And mm-hmm. he had a lot of money. And it was because he was in the Confederate Army and he was a war profiteer. Or rec- mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he basically supplied the Confederate Army with the beef throughout the Civil War. So he mm-hmm. had money and he had a dream. And his dream was he wanted to open a grand hotel in Austin. And in 1844, he went to Six and Brazos and paid, which is like the corner it's at, and he purchased the lot or the plot of land, and he only paid $7,500 for it. Damn. Right? Good times. It is built in a Romanesque style. Basically, it's a Romanesque style building. The only difference in it not being like a true Roman kind of vibe is that the archways are more simplistic Mm -hmm. in this revival than the original, like in the 11th and 12th century. But this is just a little bit more simple. And it was completed in late 1886, and it would open on December 20th, so almost to 1877. I always joke anything that's done in December is basically someone just hurriedly trying to get a tax write off. My biological mother was born December 31st. And I always said that my grandparents wanted a tax write off. That's why (laughs) (laughs) she was hurried into the world. (laughs) So he basically was like, okay, I'm going to build this grand hotel and he's going to name it after himself. So he named it the Driscoll. And at the time, it was considered the finest hotel south of St. Louis. Oh. (laughs) The building now is comprised of two interconnected buildings. It's the original one. And then in 1930, they built an additional one. Mm -hmm. The original building was designed by a local Austin architect by the name of Jasper Preston. And this is something that was really cool. It has over 6 million pressed bricks in it. Like, that's a shit ton. That is. And you know this is the 1880s, so we're talking hand, basically hand-pressed books, or bricks. Yeah. And that's fucking amazing to me. And it also had white limestone kind of accents. Oh. The original room, the original hotel had 60 rooms in it, and 12 of the 60 were corner rooms. So that's pretty freaking cool. Which actually kind of makes sense because if you think about it, it was like a three-story mm-hmm. building and it had four corners. Now that I say that, I like to take back my awe and wow. <laughs> Just want to take that back. The hotel was actually had a fourth story and it was like an open rotunda that had like a sky cap dome. And it had basically they had skylights and stuff in there so they could open them to get breezes to cool the place down. But that was changed out in the 1950s due to the invention of air conditioning. 
I mean, I don't think air conditioning, I want to point out that I don't want people to be like, Jessica, air conditioning came on before that. I am aware. I'm just saying (laughs) that due to the invention (laughs) of air conditioning, they were able to upgrade. So basically, this hotel became the hustle and bustle of the area. And it had, at the time, it had separate parlors for men and women. It had a children's dining room. And it had a bridal suite in case you wanted to, you know, get hitched there. It also, one of the things that they did is they had access a different way in so that women could go in and not have to be in the cigar smoking lobby where all of the cattlemen hung out. So they were very considerate of the way that they did this. So like I said, it opened on December 20th, 1886. And in January of 1887, because 1886 was an election year, they threw Governor Saul Russ, he had his inaugural ball there for like becoming the governor. So that's pretty cool. It didn't stay open for that long because it had to close in May of 1887. So had a good six month run for a little bit because basically Driscoll spent all his money. So what happens when you build a fancy ass place. Gotcha. Yeah. It also, just to happen at that point in time in history, there was a drought and his cattle had all died. His cattle inventory had decreased. So he was hurting, but it would stay closed for a little bit. And then he actually would end up selling the hotel in 1888 to his brother-in-law, Jim Doc Day, who reopened Mm -hmm. it in January of 1888. So it was like open, had a fancy party, Mm -hmm. drought happened. Driscoll bankrupted, closed it, and then opened it. Gotcha. Mm. In 1895, another person would come in, and he was a man by the name of George Littlefield. And he actually has the Littlefield house. Like, that was one of his landmarks. And he also had the Austin National Bank. Mm. And so he ended up purchasing the hotel for $106,000, which I thought was a lot. Yeah. In that time, I did not look up how much that was. And then he put $60,000 worth of renovations into it. He included like electric lighting and steam heating and he added more bathrooms, which I'm going to say something as a person who has to work in hotels often for like conferences. Sometimes the public bathroom situation is egregious. The fact that you have to run like halfway across the hotel to find one and you're like... I don't know about you, but like in working situations, you're not always just able to be like, oh, you use the restroom. I'm going to go to the restroom. You're like, I'm going to have to hold this. And now I have to run. It doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to flash forward to 1930, which essentially is when they added the 13 story annex, which is like connected to the building. Mm -hmm. It added 180 rooms, including a bungalow style penthouse. Which, fun fact, some very famous people have stayed in this bungalow, including Jack Dempsey, Bob Hope, and President Lyndon Johnson. Mm-hmm. Another fun fact is that President Lyndon Johnson, he met his wife, Lady Bird Johnson, mm-hmm. in the Driscoll Hotel, like in the dining room, which I think is cute. Like, that that's, is cute. That's adorable. Yeah. And it, later on, the bungalow would be, like, converted into an actual place of residence for, like, the managers, mm-hmm. which I think is cool. Yeah. Another fun 
thing that happened at the Driscoll Hotel is in 1908, the Daughters of the Republic of Texas met and basically they were deciding the fate of the Alamo mission, which, you know, like, remember the Alamo? Hmm. I'm going to say that's what came around. Also, Louis Armstrong opened a three-day performance at the the Driscoll Hotel, which I was like, that's kind of cool. He was pretty famous. So there's been some famous people there. In 1950, this is when they like closed the hotel down for like a lo- not like a long time, but they like I would wouldn't say closed it down, but like they basically like closed off parts of it because they were doing a massive renovation. Mm-hmm. This is where they like got rid of the skylights to put in air conditioning, which by the way, why get rid of the skylights? Just keep the fucking skylight right. and add an air conditioner. Just don't open them. So basically this hotel, it doesn't have, I wouldn't say it has this like crazy history. Mm-hmm. It's just been owned by several different companies or corporations and whatnot. So I don't know. I think it's pretty, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. It is now part of the Hyatt Hotel Corporation. And they bought it in 2013 for $85 million. Wow. Can we have a moment to think about how fucking much that is? And then they actually sold it again in, in this in May of this year for $125 million after putting $8 million worth of renovation. And now I would really like to go to this hotel because if it's had all of these renovations over the years, because a lot of times you see these like like these old hotels that just kind of like maybe get a renovation mm-hmm. once in a lifetime. Mm-hmm. But like the fact that they have had so many, it must, and I've seen the pictures, this place is beautiful. With that, I'm going to hand it over to Tara, who's going to tell us about the haunted parts. Yes. So this hotel is said to be the most haunted place in Texas or haunted hotel in Texas. I can't remember which one it is. It's one of those two. I mean, I know everything fucking says that, but just saying. So there is a Ghost Adventures episode. I didn't watch it because fucking Discovery had every other season, but the season it was. And it was like a random season, like nine or 10 or some shit. So I was like, well, Mm -hmm. that's fun. Okay, thanks, guys. Thanks. Um, But there are a lot of fucking ghosts here. And I kind of grabbed like the crowd favorites and the most popular ones and things like that. So probably the most infamous haunt here is room 525. So this is a haunted suite, and some people wonder if it's cursed because the same thing happened twice. So there is a woman who there really isn't a lot known about her, but she committed suicide in room 525 after her fiance called off their wedding. And it is said that her ghost walks through the halls and she's in like a Victorian looking gown is what people have said that have seen her. So she's from like way back. So interesting. But the second one is the one that's talked about the most. So this woman, she died in 1991. So 31 years ago. She was said to be a Houston socialite who escaped to the hotel after she got left at the altar. And she went on a massive shopping spree with said almost husband's credit card. And one article I read said she spent $40,000. Damn. Yes. And she was last seen with all of her shopping bags heading back up to her suite, which was room 525. And according to the story, later that night, while she was sitting in the bathtub, she 
had a gun and a pillow and shot herself. She used the pillow to try to muffle the gunshot sound. And since then, they say they see this bride or almost bride as well, either carrying her shopping bags or her pistol down the hall before she goes through the door of 525. So she haunts that hall. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I just think it's weird that like most women don't commit suicide via gun because of the mess yeah, it would make. I mean, I mean, if I had just spent $40,000 on a credit card that wasn't mine, I I feel like he might have found her and shot her, but I don't know. I could be wrong. I mean, that's what I was mm-hmm. accusing. Right. Okay, so the next one is kind of like two in the same. So it's the senator's daughter and the painting. Now, guests of this hotel frequently report seeing a entity that's a young girl along the grand staircase. And according to the story, this apparition was a senator's daughter. It all began back in 1887 when the Drizkill was hosting a special function for the year's legislative session. And since the capital of Texas was still under construction, they opted to hold this here. And during the event, the senator gave his daughter a ball to, you know, distract her, let her go off and play. And it was said that she went and played on the staircase. She was bouncing the ball up and down and it went too far. She tried to grab it and fell down the stairs and died. Mm. Yes. Now, her spirit itself, it is seen all throughout the hotel, but those are that are familiar with this location, you might see a picture, like a kind of creepy picture of like a little girl. (laughs) There's like a little girl holding flowers. And the girl in the picture, her name is Samantha. So people think that that little girl entity in there is her. And it's, it's like, it's really debated because there's no actual evidence that they can prove that it's her it's just assumption but you know that's kind of an interesting coincidence or it could be even worse and she's sad because she's you know haunting this place and she just wants to be near another kid so that could be why she's around the painting that's true that's sad also it might to think of it like this if you're looking at the picture of the little girl you might be thinking like oh that's a cute little girl and like Mm -hmm. and then it might kind of like open your eyes to see other things i don't know just thoughts yeah yeah and many people have reported different creepy paranormal encounters near the painting but do not fret because she is described as a friendly spirit because most of the reports of her activity is that she plays with other children in their rooms or in the halls, which made me think maybe that's not her. You know, she just wants to be around kids because that's what this sounds like, too. She just right. wants to play with other kids. But some people have reported, like the parents, what? It's her best friend. Oh, my God. That's so sad. I know. That's why I made the gasping noise. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but parents whose children have went through this, they have reported that when they ask their kid who they're playing with, Almost every kid said Samantha. That's creepy. Yeah. Now, what's interesting is, I don't know if this person, this source I got it from, reported it wrong, 
or if there's just another story that's basically same, same, because there was also some stories about a little boy entity, but he literally died the same way as the little girl. So I'm like, "Mm, did you just write boy instead of girl? Like, I don't, you know what I mean? I'm not sure. Some fucking dangerous stairs, apparently. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, more than one kid has died on these stairs. Like, y'all need to watch fucking kids or something. I don't know. That is not the truth. <laughs> your children keep dying. I don't think it's the hotel. I mean, it, I think it's a little bit the hotel, but mostly the fact that you're not watching your children. Oh, my gosh. But no, same thing. He had a ball and he went to go get it. And guess what? He died. He died. Yes. So weird that that's the same. But people have caught recordings of a ball bouncing against walls and at the same time it's scary there's like mischievous giggles and shit and i'm like ew okay i have like a weird thought what if that's two stories are true like it's a boy and a girl yeah and whichever one died first pushed the other kid (gasps) ew oh my god just, you know, out here spouting weird facts. Creepy. All right. So it is also said that Colonel Jesse himself is a resident poltergeist or ghost at this hotel. So he was known for standing in the lobby and he liked to make small talk with the guests. And he was always a dude who had a cigar. He always had a cigar going, even though the hotel is non-smoking. <laughs> Many people have said that they do get random scents of cigars. And there was one story of a security guard. He was working and he caught like a really strong whiff of cigar smoke. It's like so much so he thought somebody was like lighting up right there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so he leaned over the balcony where he was at so he could look. And then right behind him directly right behind him, he heard a man's voice say, got a match? And of course, he turned around and nobody else was fucking there. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) And then there's a rumor, can't confirm or deny, that said security guard was so creeped out by this that he literally quit. I mean, that tracks. Like, if you were afraid of it and you were like, I can't do this. Right. And then also, apparently, he has a thing for female musicians. A lot of females in general say that they felt like touches and stuff. And a couple noteworthy people. So Annie Lennox actually has a story involving him. And she claimed he selected her stage outfit while she showered. I I need more information. Like, was it just laid out for her? That's it. That Yeah. I guess. Because I'm going to say that was probably like your manager. Right? <laughs> no offense. Just just spitballing ideas. Yes. And John Et Napolitano of Concrete Blonde. I don't know what that is. Wrote a song called Ghost of a Texas Ladies Man. And this was inspired by her night of paranormal shenanigans with him which is nothing even like super scary or anything when i say like he likes to touch like women and stuff it's not like bad it's just like it's their arm and their back that's it so it's like attention like he's getting somebody's attention yes exactly so he's not a malicious ghost so there's that 
Now, the next one is The Ghost of Peter Lawless. And basically, he worked, Peter is a real person, he worked as a ticket agent for the Great Northern Railroad. And when his wife passed away, he moved into the hotel. And he was on the fifth floor, and he lived there for a total of 31 years. Fuck. Yeah. Now, it's interesting to me because this is also the fifth floor. So people who have encountered him said that they have seen him exiting the elevator when they're, like, glancing. And basically, anytime they've caught a sighting of him, he's looked like looking at his watch, taking a look at the time. And then he will give a little friendly nod to the staff at the front desk and then disappear. Going to work. He's just doing his thing. He's just doing his thing. And people have reported having having tingling sensations before looking up to like see him there. They've described his apparition as having black hair, wearing dark pants, a white shirt, and having a pocket watch. And some have even said that they have watched his apparition walk out the door and try to step in front of a bus. And people think that's because he's trying to get away from being a ghost. So that's really sad. (laughs) He's trying to suicide ghosting? I guess. My other thought was like, well, what if like he is going to work and, you know, they're probably who knows if there was a road or what? You know what I mean? So that was like, I was trying to not be so sad. (laughs) Right? Like, it also like he's a ghost. He can walk through things. He knows that he can walk through the bus. Yeah. He's probably just like, I don't give a fuck. Mm -mm -mm. Walk, walk, walk. Now, it is said that LBJ and Lady Bird haunt this hotel, too. And like Jess said, they met in the dining room, and they loved to go here. They went here a lot. They went there for special occasions, just, you know, visit, all of that stuff. It was literally his favorite place to visit in Austin. He watched the results of the 1964 presidential elections from the presidential suite. Um, yeah, so he like really loved this place, you know, and basically he addressed his supporters in the ballroom there. Oh, so like did all the things there. And then, yeah, it was just it's crazy. And people all the time have stories that they when they're in the ballroom, they'll see a reflection of them two in mirrors like out of the corner of their eyes. Okay, can we just talk about how fucking sweet that is? Like they met there and they've decided to spend their afterlife there. Like mm, chef's kiss. Right? So yeah, I feel like a lot of these ghosts are, it's like a hotel of friendly ghosts, basically. I love it. Right? I know. So it's like it wouldn't be scary. Because it doesn't really sound like, unless I'm totally wrong, it doesn't even sound like the two women from room 525 are malicious spirits or anything like that either. I mean, I guess the way I look at it is that, like, not every haunted place has to be evil. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. And I like it. So, yeah, that's my little spiel on the haunts for this hotel. So I'll let you wrap us up. Well, we hope you enjoyed it. We know it's been a minute since we've done a haunted location. Mm -hmm. And I have now added this location to my want to go to. 
Yes. If you've been to the Driscoll Hotel and you have seen the ghosts, please tell us which ghosts you've seen and your experiences. We'd love to read it on like, you know, maybe a listener episode, listener story episode. That'd be great. Yes. And with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up and we will be back on Thursday. Bye, guys. Bye.